Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Start the show off. I am sorry for Mr. Marcus Gasol yesterday. I'm not related to him. I did not influence his performance in any way, but I did have him as like a, either the number one overall value player or the number two overall value player yesterday. And that just did not work out. And it looked like he did not want to be on the court at all. Now, at least uh, he got to play his three quarters or so. And then he sucked so bad and showed no effort at all that he just did not come back onto the court. So yeah, Marcus Gasol, not really getting us there. Not somebody that I'm looking forward to playing uh, in the next Hopefully the price point doesn't influence that. But yeah, he just did not look like he wanted to be out there. The matchup also just didn't seem like it suited him. He was just missing easy layups and he only had a couple. He was just getting technical fouls. He was fouling people and he was picking rolling. We'll say it rolling to the basket in some of the oddest ways. He would pretty much set a pick and then bull rush the opponent and he was bull rushing in like quicksand because that man had no wheels. It was just, just terrible to watch. But anyways, we got four more games today, four more playoff games today. They're going to start instead of at 1.30 East Coast time, so 10.30 on the West Coast. It's going to actually start at 1 p.m. East Coast time today. So just be able to note that and check that. If you're brand new here, welcome. It's nice to meet you on the video version. Sending you a wave. It's nice to meet you on the audio version. Hopefully you're having a fantastic start to your Thursday today. We're going to break that into this like we always do. Injury and status dashboard. There's a couple of status pieces I really want to touch on for certain players minutes today, certain players who didn't play last game, certain players who did play last game, and maybe you shouldn't expect that or at least consistently give them the minutes they got last game. Target offense sheet, looking at the Vegas totals, pace, those types of things, some matchup numbers, and then the early interest for today. As always, my final interest in projections and all that stuff will be up on Patreon as they are every single day with the golf content, NBA content every day over there. If you want to support me over there, Patreon earlier this week actually released annual membership. So we had about 10 people so far sign up for the annual membership or go from the monthly to the annual kind of transfer over. If you do that, you get 12 months of the content for the price of 10. And I throw in my Supreme Draft Guide, which is the 2020 Fantasy Football Draft Guide to dominate your drafts this year. So with all that said, before we go, like button, big subscribe button pops up on the screen. That bad boy helps me out trying to get to 25,000 subscribers before the NFL starts in about three weeks. Appreciate you all so much. Exactly three weeks actually from today since it's Thursday. Thursday night football opens it. Let's get into it starting with the injury and status dashboard that is brought to you by today and as it has been all week and for the playoffs super draft super draft multiplier formats over there so we do have projections on patreon for super draft people seem to like those this morning i woke up somebody who finished top 10 yesterday or top five even in the patreon discord two days ago finished top 10 yesterday again it is a very fun format it is easy if you have projections and i mean it's it's true like saying something is easy in dfs doesn't seem real but it is true it's easy if you have projections and especially if you're playing in contests that aren't filling over there it's just if you think that the best player in the state james harden is going to do well he has a 1x multiplier meaning he gets just one times his points but then maybe there's a guy in the slate like potentially some guys in this slate today jay crowder who you can see is questionable on the screen he has a 1.65 x multiplier he gets 65 times his points so 65 percent more points so it's an interesting format not salary cap based you get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So you want to try it out. You want to put 20 bucks in. They'll give you $10 for free using promo code SAL, just my name, S-A-L, when you actually go and make that deposit. You can check it out. It's all linked up down below. Superdraft, the proud sponsor of the injury and status dashboard today. So to start this thing off, in Indy, you saw Victor Oladipo in the last game actually leave the game early. And this is a guy who's just been battling injuries. He's finally started to get his minutes all the way back up to a point where he was playing big minutes at the end of the bubble, like 34 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game for something during the regular season where we were seeing him before we kind of went into this bubble in the whole pandemic, maybe pushing like the 20 or 24 minute mark. He started to get ramped up in a nice way. He only goes out and plays eight minutes before he injures his eye, gets poked in the eye. And if you watched anything from the UFC with the DC and Stipe fight, well, then DC's eye looked really bad. So if you're saying, how can he stay out with an eye? It may not be as forceful as that one. I didn't really see the injury for Oladipo, at least afterwards, but it is concerning. But the thing to note is that Justin Holiday actually checked in for Oladipo after Oladipo came out 8.6 minutes into the first quarter and then did not return. Holiday ended up playing no minutes 
minutes until then. He checks directly in for him. Holiday ends up playing 31.7 minutes. We'll call it 32 minutes. That's Justin Holiday, not Aaron Holiday, who's the guard who was playing 32 minutes plus consistently during the playing games, the eight playing games in the bubble. He only played 16 minutes yesterday, and that's even with Oladipo not playing three plus quarters. So Justin Holiday actually got extended run. They played Edmund Sumner as well. Edmund Sumner actually saw a big run of 27 minutes yesterday. And then TJ McConnell, another guard, got in there for about 13. So they ended up going to Edmund Sumner and then some extra Justin Holiday. Holiday probably would have played like 24, 25 minutes. He gets 32. So Holiday gets a little bit of extra run. And Edmund Sumner sees the bulk of the run. So that's an interesting name to watch here that if Victor Oladipo, so I'll say it right now. I did some of the minutes this morning. It's going to change because we got like six and a half, seven hours until lock as I report this at 6 a.m. East Coast time. Pretty much all the players that you see on the screen that are questionable outside of Rondo, I have listed in right now. We'll get the news before these games start. So if the Oladipo news is that Oladipo is out, that's when I'll bump up the Edmund Sumner minutes, give a couple more to TJ McConnell, maybe give an extra minute or two to Aaron Holiday. But it's looking like Edmund Sumner is the guy. I'm going to try and read more into this and just see if we can get anything out of that. But if there's no Oladipo, Sumner, obviously Brogdon just gets his minutes are big anyways, 38 or so in a competitive game. He gets more point per minute production, more usage overall, more assist percentage. Justin Holiday is the holiday you see on the screen behind me. TJ McConnell with only one L I put here. I believe it's two L's in his name. And then Edmund Sumner is the name to just keep an eye on if indeed uh, Victor Oladipo is ruled out. The projections will be updated so you can just track those uh, below if you are a patron. Rajon Rondo is questionable for the Lakers. They haven't had him in a while. He's the flat minimum of $3,000. He's questionable with a hand. So if you got news as this late night hammer game approaches that Rondo is playing, and let's just say they say he's on a minutes limit of 20 to 25 minutes at $3,000, that's probably going to be enough for you to go ahead and play him if you could pivot to him. If you're playing showdown, if you're playing the late slates, if they tell you that there's no minutes limit, yeah, that's a great price point for Rondo because they need all the help they can get. Rondo can't shoot, which is what they need, but maybe he can at least space the floor a little bit better than guys who are just going to stay at the three point line and can't shoot anyways. Like right now, like pretty much what uh, Danny Green, KCP in the last game were doing Caruso to an extent, although he'll drive a little bit more. In Miami, Jay Crowder had to leave the last game as well. Jay Crowder was injured in the last game. He only plays 25 minutes, does not come back out. He was taken out pretty much towards the end of the third quarter. The direct check-in for Jay Crowder was going to be Andre Iguodawa, who actually closed out the game. So Andre Iguodawa, I wasn't projecting for big minutes. As of right now, I'm projecting Jay Crowder in to play 30 minutes. It was an ankle injury. We'll have to keep an eye on this. Iggy in the first half of that game played pretty much around like 11 minutes or so, right? So Iggy would have played maybe about 20 minutes in the game. He ends up playing 25 minutes. So you saw an extra couple of minutes for Andre Iguodawa in this game because of that. Maybe you saw an extra couple of minutes for Derek Jones Jr. in the second half, who he played like an extra minute or two compared to his first half run. It's really hard to judge because Crowder probably only had an extra five minutes on the court anyway. So just trying to say where those five minutes went, I'm going to say for the most part, they went to Andre Iguodawa. So if indeed Jay Crowder is out, Iggy's probably going to be the guy who sees the biggest benefit. So I'm going to put Iggy's name right here. And that's probably going to be a bump up of somewhere between if he's out for the entire game, he probably pushes towards 30 minutes of play if I had to guess. And then Kendrick Nunn's on here and I have him as questionable, but really he was a DMPCD, which pretty much means he did not play a coach's decision. So they said he wasn't going to play. He's going to come off the bench. They didn't play him at all. So the benefits there were that Tyler Hero played over 30 minutes or that Goran Dragic, instead of playing his normal 30 minutes, even when he starts, ended up playing 34 minutes in the last game. Hero played 33.6. So that's the benefits that you got. You didn't see a lot of run out of Duncan Robinson, who without any foul trouble, didn't play the entire fourth quarter, didn't close only plays 24 minutes. So the biggest benefits with no none, and if we're going to expect this to happen again, which unless we hear otherwise, I'm going to assume zero minutes for Kendrick Nunn, is that Tyler Hero is going to play 30 plus minutes and Goran Dragic, who's at a fair price point, is probably going to play 32 plus minutes. For OKC, it's just Dort out again. This is where you just get kind of the garbage pieces from OKC. Terrence Ferguson probably still starts and he's just garbage for fantasy reasons. Uh, Baisley and, and then guys like 
Mamadou Diallo. So you can just check in on that. I would be interested to see if they actually give um, either like Nader, either Nader or, or Roberson more run here. I think Nader can be an interesting option if they want to give him more minutes, but we'll have to just wait and see. I'm probably going to project one of those guys for more minutes than they saw last game, which was pretty much zero. Maybe give them like six minutes in this game. Orlando, you have a questionable Aaron Gordon. He missed the first game. Hamstrings are tricky. I'm projecting him in right now uh, for 35 minutes of run. I'm not really sure if I expect that to happen all that much, but we kind of know what the case is if he's out. We've been seeing it. It's Gary Clark gets more run. It's Wes Owan who stays in the rotation. It's Ken Burch stays in the rotation. Maybe an extra minute or two for Terrence Ross just in the rotation and overall usage wise for him. So we know what's going to happen if he's not in. It's what you've seen the last couple of games. So I want to project it if he is in so people can expect and kind of know what to watch since we haven't seen Gordon in quite some time. Michael Carter-Williams is doubtful though. So since he's doubtful with the foot, I have him ruled out. That's going to help Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine off the bench to get to the mid twenties in minutes or so. And then Markel Fultz, Zach Collins remains out. Hassan Whiteside and Gabriel will be the people who benefit there. Collins is going to be out for at least a week. And then you have Hassan Whiteside I have on here. He's probable. He has no injury. Uh, The status and the reason I have him on here is for his minutes. Hassan Whiteside in the last game played mid twenties in minutes, about 25 minutes. But I will call out that the Lakers had one of the worst three point performances in a playoff game of all time. Similar to the Steven Adams playing time against the Houston Rockets. If the Rockets are hitting three pointers, if the Lakers are hitting three pointers, Hassan Whiteside cannot stay in the court. Hassan Whiteside is not somebody who can stretch out to the perimeter and actually defend anybody, right? But if they're not scared of KCP and Danny Green knocking down like one three-pointer or no three-pointers all game long, they can just have Whiteside to stay down there and just win the rebounding battle. But if those threes are actually going in, Whiteside is not doing much for you on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, he's going to do some things for you, but it's going to be so much of a liability on the defensive side of the ball, just giving up open threes left and right, that it's going to be worrisome. So Whiteside played the mid-20s and minutes, partially because Zach Collins was out, so there was just more space for him to be able to get onto the court some. That space wouldn't have been there if the Lakers were hitting three-point shots. Since they're not hitting three-point shots and it's easier for them to get their defensive rebounds now, there's really not too much of a fault into having Whiteside there. But if he's not going to be a guy who's closing out on the perimeter of three-point shooters and switches, well, then that's going to be a liability for you. And that's why guys like that get played off the court. So they ended up playing big for a decent amount of minutes with Nurchich and Whiteside playing alongside each other. That's probably going to continue to happen. I gave Whiteside 20 minutes right now, and he looks like an okay option, but that's what it's going to come down to. You're not going to get 25 minutes of Whiteside, and he's not going to be a good play for you at $4,900 now, not a cheap price point anymore, or as cheap as it was, if indeed the Lakers hit shots. I assume they're going to hit more shots than they did in some of these games, in one or two of these games, than they did in the first one. It's hard to go lower than that, but again, they're not a good shooting team in general. So if they continue to miss shots, you're going to have Whiteside get these 24 minutes of player. So if they continue or they start to make shots, it's going to be 20 minutes or less in my opinion. So that's just something to keep an eye on when you're playing Whiteside. Don't expect it to just be, oh, he got 25 last game. He's going to be locked in for 25 again. No, it really does come down to the Lakers shooting. So now we move over to the target offense sheet and target offense sheet. We'll just stay here pretty quickly before we go to the early interest because we got a good amount of them today. Again, this is going to be sponsored by Superdraft today, the target offense sheet. So the highest overall team total on the slate, Milwaukee, 12 and a half point favorites after they lost to Orlando last time. You're seeing a lot of these huge, huge underdogs uh, pretty much cover the spread. Brooklyn almost covered the spread. They came back in that first game against Toronto and then lost. But most of these teams are covering these large spreads that are coming out here in the playoffs. 120 team total for Milwaukee. It's actually going to be the fastest paced game, mainly because of Milwaukee. It's actually a pace down spot for Milwaukee, although they'll still, still play as fast as they want. And it's going to be a pace up spot for Orlando here. So nothing major to note there. I mean, you have the guys that we're going to be interested in. Giannis is still a fine play. Gave him 33 minutes. Gave Middleton 34. Gave Eric Bledsoe 29. And all those main guys look great. Brooke Lopez screwed a lot of people at high ownership. I was actually off of Brooke Lopez and then I was all on Marcus all yesterday. And they're similar players in terms of the stretch fives that they are into their later days. Not the greatest of defenders, not the greatest of hustlers. And you got pretty much the same result in these last couple of games. So Brooke Lopez looks like a decent play yet again, but I understand if you don't want to go back to him and are scarred from the Gasol and Lopez over the past couple of days, that makes a lot of sense to me. And then George Hill, he did play about 25 plus minutes, around 25 and a half minutes or so. He is a veteran on this team who did play a lot last year in the last two years in the playoffs, really. And he's been in the playoffs a lot, even if you go back to his Pacers days. So 
He's somebody that can stay in the court. He's around like a 0.9, 0.95 fantasy point per minute producer in his own right, decent usage player. So he's somebody to look at at $4,000 if you're just trying to hunt value because there's not a lot of value. DraftKings kind of priced up all those 3K sketchy options into the 4K and upper 4K range now. So you don't have a lot of their options unless you really want to be playing the Lakers wings, which if you're a fan of regression, they're just going to have to regress based off of their 0 for shooting in the last game. Another game to look at is the late night hammered is the highest total on the slate. Although there's a lot of high total games. Um, the first one is not 215 overall game total. It's actually a good game between Indy and Miami. Looking forward to that, which means we'll have the Oladipo news before lock, which is good to know. And the crowd news, two of the biggest pieces of news that we're waiting on for this game. So we'll know all those things, maybe even Kendrick Nunn's minutes, if he's going to be DNP CD again did not play coach's decision those types of things but the highest total game by two and a half points over any other game or two points over the Milwaukee Orlando game is the Lakers they're six and a half point favorites yet again as they were in game one when they lost 118 team total again six and a half point favorites it's, it's hard not to like LeBron again what did he do in that last game he goes for just a crazy amount of points like 25 points around there 23 points ends up going for like 17 and 15 when it comes to rebounds and assists it's hard not to like LeBron again he grades out very well for me he grades out as a very strong play for me today I think I still prefer Giannis because at this point Giannis now that LeBron after his big game last time got a little bit of a price bump it's just a $400 difference I think at this point I prefer Giannis I currently have Giannis projected for about five more fantasy points than LeBron even though he's only a couple hundred dollars more so I'm going to prefer Giannis I'm going to prefer Harden but I assume the ownership also prefers those guys we'll see maybe LeBron's performance last time creeps up his ownership back up but I have LeBron projected for 40 minutes he played 42 minutes in the last game I have Anthony Davis projected for 38 he played damn near 40 in the last game so these guys are going to play huge minutes those are the guys that I'm looking for the studs there keep a close eye on Rondo especially if Rondo gets ruled in on like a 20 or 25 minutes limit or no minutes limit. And it's like 20 minutes before the game, go ahead and get shares of Rondo in in showdown slates, because a lot of people probably aren't going to notice it in time and just get rid of all the Caruso shares that you had. And even KCP shares, get Rondo, get the two Lakers studs, and then pile up the rest of your team with Portland at that point. It's hard to like any of the centers for the Lakers when they're only going to play Howard and and McGee right now, like 12 to 15 minutes a piece. It's really hard for them to get there at that point. So it's going to just be keep an eye on Rondo. And then it'll be LeBron and AD in that order for me on the Portland side, not really interested in Dame. I mean, Dame can obviously pop off for a 70 point performance. So that's why in GPP, he'll remain interesting, but I think you'll be able to get fairly low ownership on one of the Lakers bigs at this point. And it's a late night hammer. So it helps. But right now, Dame, in terms of just point per dollar wise, Damian Lillard is my 28th overall play in the day. So that's not terrible, right? He grades out for right now for me, 56.8 fantasy points. That's pretty damn good. It's a five X value. It's just that all the other studs are above him. Every other expensive player is above him right now. Some other cheaper guys are obviously above him. If he's ranking out that low, those are my rankings on Patreon. If you're interested, just point per dollar DK value. That's if I rank it by that. If I rank it by pure projection, obviously Lillard is going to crack into like the top five, top six. So that's where we are at right now. We can move on to the early interest right now for all of you. So looking at the early interest, let me reduce this. The early interest are going to be brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. And Monkey Knife Fight, as they have been on this channel, is sponsoring the early interest today. Very excited for it because if you use the promo code SALNFL, that's S-A-L-N-F-L, one big word, you're going to get five free dollars in Monkey Knife Fight. No strings attached. You don't have to deposit anything. You just get $5. It's a prop betting site. So if you want to take them more or less on, is Giannis going to score 31 and a half points today or whatever the line is for today, you could use that $5 in that type of a more or less. You can kind of parlay three together. So you have a bigger payout, start a little bit of a bankroll. So that's it. You get five bucks. But if you want to put a minimum deposit of $10, they'll give you that free $5 still. They'll give you a ticket to a future contest. So you kind of have now two playing options. And then if you win that, now you have the money in your bank account. So it's a free ticket. It's $5. And my Supreme Draft Guide, which we saw about six people sign up for yesterday. So thank you all so much to all the people who signed up for that. Supreme Draft Guide, you're going to be drafting any day now for your fantasy football leagues, if not like literally today. So be sure to check it out probably this weekend. A lot of people, the NFL does start in three weeks. I'll be drafting in about two weeks and using that, but it's going to be updated rankings, tiers, top 150s, player profiles. I'm adding about 16 tight end profiles today, and then that should close the door on tight end profiles. We'll be at about 21 tight end profiles. 
150, actually now we'll be at close to 170 player profiles once those are all added in there. A key stats database so you can quickly look some things up. So check all that stuff out. It will help you with your league. $10, you get that. You get the five free dollar bonus and then you get the ticket as well. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. You can check it all out down below. So starting this off, we have it filtered by team right now. Not much to say here about James Harden at the top. He's going to be close to a 1.9 fantasy point per minute producer. He didn't get his full run in the last game because the Rockets ended up winning by 15 and they pulled away. James Harden and most of the starters ended up getting pulled with two minutes left, but James Harden did play 34.2 minutes in that last game. So you could expect him to play about 36 and a half to 37 minutes. That's where I have him projected at today. I have him projected at 37 minutes and 37 minutes of play. He grades out for a boatload of fantasy points. Not my favorite play point for dollar wise because of Giannis. Right now, James Harden grades out for 66.57 fantasy points. It makes him my fourth overall play in the day. It makes him my highest projected player on the day for about a point more than Giannis. Giannis is just a little bit cheaper. That's why he grades out a little bit better from a value standpoint with the $400 savings. You get a nice little discount on Robert Covington here. Covington was going to play more minutes, but he got into foul trouble. He got pulled in the third quarter where he probably would have played an extra two or three minutes because of picking up his third personal foul. And then right when the fourth quarter starts off, he comes in, he plays um, one minute and 52 seconds, and he gets pulled because of a personal foul, his fourth. He comes back in two minutes later and he commits a personal foul within 40 seconds. He gets pulled again, and then he sits for like the next five and a half minutes and closes out the final two minutes of the game. So Covington loses about four minutes in this game or so. He would have finished with about 35 or 36 minutes. I have him at 35 today at $6,000. It starts to look really good in that game overall. And I mean, in that game, he was as bad as you could possibly be. He had the five personal fouls, so that hurt him. He had five rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. So he picks up those peripherals to get you there a little bit, but he shoots one of six from the field. He hits one three-pointer. He only has three points in that game, but now the price point drops by, I believe, like $500 to $700. He's $6,000 flat. I'm not going to project in the bad foul trouble, so I'm expecting four or five minutes out of his performance, and he shot as bad as he possibly could. This is not as bad of a player as he is. Probably going to get more than six shot attempts if he plays more minutes, closer to 10, and he's probably going to make more than one of them this game. So he scored, if I'm just looking at the box score, somewhere like under 20 points, which is not great for you, but I'm going to expect a lot more out of him. Eric Gordon came in and he played some nice run. He got 30 minutes of play, which is good to see out of Eric Gordon. He had some interesting spurts that he would come in for like five or six minutes, pretty much the entire game, right at the start. He would play four or five minutes, sit out five, come in, play four or five minutes, sit out five. And he did that pretty much six times throughout the game. And he ended up getting himself 30 minutes of play. So I think he looks good at $4,900. He comes up to a little over a 0.8 fantasy point per minute producer with no Russ on the court this year. So that looks a little bit better. I would rank it in that order, Harden, Covington, and Gordon for my interest. Right now, Malcolm Brogdon can only look better. $6,900. I'm only going to have even more interest in Malcolm Brogdon if indeed there's no Victor Oladipo, which since it's the first game on the slate, we should know that by the time the game actually starts off. Malcolm Brogdon is going to be the guy who's facilitating everything, going to come in with a close to a 40% assist percentage. He started off the last game playing the entire first quarter. He then played the entire third quarter and he closed out about the final eight minutes of the game, played himself 39.3 minutes. I had Brogdon for 38 minutes today. I assume that in a competitive game, Brogdon's going to go out there and play 40 plus minutes. This game got a little bit out of hand the final 12 minutes or so. Brogdon did close out the entire game though, scores 22 points out there. Brogdon had a very good stat line, ended up shooting six of 18, took six three-point attempts, only made one. So that can also get a little bit better. He only had one rebound, but he got the double-double with 10 assists. Nine of 10 from the free throw line is also important to see. So he ended up getting close to half of his points at the free throw line. Brogdon's going to be a guy who's aggressive, who could also take the three-point shot. So honestly, I think based on the last game, he plays 39 minutes and his price point stays the same because he shoots 33%. If he shoots like 40 to 45% in one of these games, he's going to be like one of the highest scoring players in his price range and even the entire 7K range at just 6,900. I like both the Lakers guys. I slightly prefer LeBron right now. I assume the ownership goes there. Don't have to really break down into this. LeBron's playing 40 minutes, similar to Harden playing like 38 or 40. That's going to be in playoff LeBron playing 40 minutes. It's going to be very impressive. And 40 minutes is just a medium 
median outcome as he played 42 in the last game. Same things can be said for Anthony Davis. They both have 1.05x multipliers on Superdraft, so I'll lean with LeBron there. Heading into Miami now, I do like Drake Jay Crowder if he plays. He's $4,000. There's not a lot of value on this slate. I don't find any real value in the 3K range unless we get some news that opens up guys like Edmund Sumner potentially for us, maybe some of the Lakers guys you want to go back to. But if I scroll down here, I think that a guy in Jay Crowder is interesting because $4,000 is very appealing to me for a guy who's a decent fantasy point per minute producer. We just have to see if he goes out there. He was going to play 30 plus minutes in that last game if he did not injure his ankle, I believe. So keep an eye on that. A 1.65x multiplier in Superdraft is somewhat appealing. This is a guy who's played 29 minutes per game on the season so far. 16% usage rate type of a guy. If he's out there at just $4,000 flat and he's going to be playing 30 minutes or so if he is indeed healthy, it's going to be hard to ignore at that price point. Other than that, I like the rest of this Miami team. They really are interesting, the starters. You're going to get Goran Dragic, who's he is priced up a little bit now, but still not in the 6K range for a guy who's going to come out there and he just played about 34 minutes, right? So if I'm expecting Dragic in really no none to play this game like he didn't last game, they're already down on wing depth. So you come in here and you get 32 plus minutes out of Dragic yet again. Dragic played those 34 minutes and he closed out the final 14 minutes of the game. So I do like to see that. He was playing pretty much all the heavy closing time when it actually mattered. So you're going to get that again. You got the exact same thing out of Tyler Hero who played the final 16 to 17 minutes of the game. So it shows their confidence in him. He's getting the closing run. That's really what we're looking for here is the closing run out of these guys. So Hero closes. Maybe that changes, right? We ended up seeing Andre Iguodala close. I assume Iggy doesn't close if Crowder's healthy, but maybe he does. But all that really matters is that the fact that Hero and Goran Dragic are closing and we expect this game to stay close is that they're probably still going to both push for 32 plus minutes. We know Butler's getting his minutes. He played 37 minutes in the last game. We know Bam's getting his minutes as they both close. He plays 35 minutes. I prefer right now, let me look at my rankings to see who I prefer overall out of all the Miami guys is a little sneak peek. Just value wise, I prefer Jay Crowder if he does indeed play. But outside of Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler would be my favorite option. Jimmy Butler right now is my eighth overall play on the day or yeah, he's my eighth overall play in the day. I like that. So he's a top 10 play. Uh, and then Jay Crowder's a top 10 play. But the guys also who are in my top 20 right now, Goran Dragic is in my top 20 for plays in the day out of Miami. And then right outside of the top 20 are guys like Bam and Tyler Hero. Giannis is my favorite play on the day as of right now. I gave him 33 minutes and he projects out for 5.78 DK value. That's fantasy points per dollar production. That's my number one play in the day. He's actually tied with another player on this list who's a little bit further down on OKC. So Giannis, I love Giannis. I think the big three from Giannis look fine today or from Milwaukee look, the Giannis's from Milwaukee look fine. Giannis, Middleton, and right now, Eric Blood. So I talked about how George Hill adds some value earlier on or has some value. Same price point right now as a Jay Crowder. So if you wanted to play uh, Jay Crowder and he doesn't play and you, you set up your lineups properly, you can kind of pivot off to George Hill if it allows you to with the positionality. And then Brooke Lopez. So if I'm looking at Milwaukee right now, Giannis is my number one play for Milwaukee and on the day. My number two play from that team is going to be Eric Blood. So he ranks overall 14th for me as of right now. And then Brooke Lopez ranks 19th and George Hill ranks 20th. So you can see I have four Milwaukee Bucks in my top 20 today. I think they give you good value at these price tags. I like Giannis the most. I like Eric Bledsoe second. And then after that, you can take a coin flip between Lopez and Hill if you have the stomach for going back to Brooke Lopez. And now we get to OKC. A lot of OKC looks interesting. It's mainly the guards as it was in the first game for me, SGA, Chris Paul, and Dennis Schroeder. SGA will be my favorite piece here. I gave SGA as he played in the last game, some pretty big minutes. I ended up going back and giving SGA just as big minutes. He plays 35 minutes, but he comes out with the final two minutes of the game. So he was on pace to play about 37 and a half minutes in this game. So that's if the game stays close. I gave SGA 38. Maybe I'll duck that by a minute, which won't make him as good of a value, but it'll still be a top five play. He's mine tied for number one overall play with Giannis today as of right now. Again, these things can change. $6,300 if I give him 37 minutes at about a fantasy point per minute production in this high pace environment. He just has to knock down shots, which was something that they really weren't doing in that last game. SGA overall in the last game shoots two of eight, only one of two from three. We're going to need a lot more than eight shots out of the SGA, four rebounds, an assist, and a block. Definitely going to need a lot more shots. We got a decent amount of shots out of Dennis Shooter, who shot 12 times, but he shot 0 of 5 from three point range, only picks up four assists, and nothing else after that. So I do like Shooter, but I'll prefer SGA. And then Chris Paul had a Chris Paul type of a 
day, 7 of 14, 3 of 8 from three-point range, actually had 10 rebounds and one assist shy of a triple-double. So for me, it's SGA, Chris Paul, and Dennis Schooner in that order. I think Chris Paul is the best overall projection player, but if we're factoring in value, it would be SGA for me. But both of them are in my high-up rankings. Right now, both Chris Paul and SGA are in my top five. Chris Paul is fifth overall, and SGA is tied with Giannis number one for me on plays on the day. And you can see who the rest of the top 10 are and the rest of the top eight and the rest of the top 15 and 20 and overall projections, who ranks where. This is just by value ratings for DraftKings. You can see all the Super Draft projections right now. If indeed you want to sign up for Patreon, link down below. You can check out all that information in the description. And finally, we get to Orlando, where I think Markel Fultz at $4,500 provides one of the best value plays as he did last time. I projected him for 29 minutes of play today. He's going to be a ball-dominating guard. You did see DJ Augustine pop off in the last game, but he popped off more so from an efficiency standpoint. He didn't get the minutes. We're expecting Markel Fultz to get the minutes again. And at the end of the day, DJ Augustine was just really picking up assists. And that was the biggest thing for him. He was picking up dimes. He had 11 assists. When you're going to have 11 assists in under 24 minutes of play, he played 23 minutes and 28 seconds in that game. He shot four or four from the free throw line. So that helps. So he ends up finishing up the day when it comes from his points wise with 11 points, but then he gets those 11 assists, which gets him to his double double. So the 11 assists were really the big thing here. Three rebounds and a steal. The 11 points isn't anything crazy in that time. It's the fact that he ended up piling up instead of like four or five assists in that time, he gets to the double double with 11. Malkal Fultz was fine though. He shot six of 11, one of four from three point range. Nothing crazy there. Six assists, a block and two rebounds. Fultz had 15 total points. And again, if Markel Fultz, a guy who played 29.4 minutes in that game, goes out there and does exactly what he did this time at $4,500, not much of a price increase. And when he goes out there and he scores 15 points for you and he picks up six, six assists for you, two rebounds, a block and a steal, something like that, he's going to pay off this price tag yet again. He's going to be extremely popular yet again. So I'm fine going back to Fultz. Fournier's price point comes up, even though he was just absolutely brutal. Doesn't make a basket, ends up scoring nine points, but doesn't make a basket until like the fourth quarter in this game. Ends up shooting three of five from three point range and three of eight overall from the field. So it doesn't look as bad if you just watch the end of it, but he got hot in the fourth quarter to really do that. I'm honestly fine going back to him. There were some notes that this was kind of expected out of him just in terms of how he was feeling or some other things that were happening in his life, but $5,100 Fournier, I prefer Fultz, but I think it's fine to go back to it. Again, this is a guy who played 35 and a half minutes and played as bad as he could for the first 30 minutes or so of that. And still, I mean, he doesn't pay off the $4,900 tag that he was at last time for you, but if he does what he did in the fourth quarter at any other point in the game, he's probably going to get you there. So Aaron Gordon, I do have interest in if he plays, I think he'll be very low owned. If we get news that Aaron Gordon is playing with this hamstring injury and he's not going to be limited. I think he'll be low owned and he has all the upside in the world as a guy who can push for 36 to 38 minutes. Hamstrings are tricky though, so I don't really expect that. And then Vooch at $8,800 is at least interesting to look at. I assume he goes lower owned because that 8K and 9K range is going to be hard to get to with so many guys trying to play the Giannis's, the LeBron's, the AD's, and the James Harden's today's. It really leaves not a lot of ownership now for that 8K range, especially when guys like Bam Adebayo are a little bit cheaper, especially when you can get value in Brooke Lopez and some other centers. So that's where I'm at right now. I think we just gave you about 22 early interests of mine. Final interest will be on Patreon. If you bank $100,000 and want to support me in some way, you can check out the monthly and annual memberships that are down below on Patreon if these videos do indeed help you. Other ways to support and thank you to the sponsors are right going through a sponsor, Superdraft, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies, promo code SAL and Monkey Knife Fight, promo code SAL NFL. That is S-A-L NFL. Get you five free bucks, no strings attached. That's all you can do if that's all you want to do and get your five free bucks. But if you deposit a minimum, which is $10, you'll get an extra ticket to a contest and my Supreme Draft Guide sent to you after you spend $2 of non-promotional balance. So be sure to check that out. Free ways, completely free to help me out here is by hitting that like button, big old subscribe button. You all rock. Best of luck today. The games start at one, a half hour earlier. So be sure to know that, which is fun. They're going to start a half hour earlier on our Thursday. You can enjoy the entire day of it. My name's Sal. Appreciate all of you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next one.